Coming up, a Sad Styles production. Hello and welcome. My name is Mike Aaronworth, signing on to the Sign Off of Fringworth podcast for yet another week. It's the forum for all the stories you didn't know you wished you knew about the world of sports and sports marketing. I'm joined in studio across the table for the first time in weeks from the president of Fringworth Sports Marketing and my father, Brian Aaronworth. Well, I only missed one. You only missed one. Technically, no, we got got ahead of it. And I listened to it last night with Ethan. It was great. That was Uh, a great episode. Very informative. What, What happens over in the KHL? We even hit the Russian podcast charts over Can there. Can you believe it? Yeah, yeah, we were, I think, <laughs> I think top 60 of all podcasts in, in, or sports podcasts in Russia. It was kind of crazy. That's what happens when you play in the KHL. As Ethan Warrick did, uh, uh, a Chinese team playing in the KHL. It was a really interesting story. If you as the listener haven't heard that, definitely go back and check it out. But we did have some comments, you know, as, as interesting as, as our podcasts have been talking to broadcasters and talking to uh, uh, players, coaches, agents, that sort of thing. It does come down to the fact that we are a sports marketing company and, and we deal a lot with collectors. And a lot of people want us to kind of sometimes focus more in that vein. And that's what we're going to do this week. We actually took to the internet and got some questions from our listeners. We've been collecting them over the past couple months as well. And we're going to uh, to get to some of those, just to some jumping off points. Um, actually, funny bit of information there. I don't know if you knew this, Dad, but when I was recording, because if, if, if you're confused as to how my dad was gone for... Uh, uh, Four, four weeks, weeks yeah. basically, and only missed one episode. We had got ahead on the recording, so it, it had been a while. When I was recording with Ethan, it was just he and myself. I made a comment at the beginning of the podcast, like, uh, guess where Guess where Brian is? He's, yeah. he's on vacation again. And I said a couple more things after that. that I, I heard ended, them. No, no, that I oh. ended up cutting from the podcast because I'm like, it, it was said in jest, but I'm like, if you heard that, you'd get into your own head. <laughs> I was, you know, talking about how you were complaining about being so busy before you left. I'm like, well, hey, guess what? You're going on vacation. Yeah, it, yeah, it could be worse. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I figured I'd say that to your face as opposed to, well, you're on a cruise ship shaking your fist at me from the Mediterranean. Yeah, waiting for our luggage to arrive from TAP Airlines that never showed up for 22 days. Right. You yeah. had to do a whole whole new realm of uh, clothes shopping. Speaking of collecting, you were collecting a whole uh, yeah. new ba- batch of clothes. Right. Um, so as we we usually do off the top, we usually read a, a rating or a review from one of our listeners. But because we're going to be doing the giveaway slightly different this week, we figure we'd skip right past that. And we're going to be doing a lot of uh, uh, customer and listener interaction in, in this one anyway. So there will be some shout outs. Uh, we're going to be giving away a signed 8x10 photo at the end of this. Uh, so if you were someone who submitted a question, make sure to listen through the whole thing. At the end, we're going to announce who the winner is and we'll get you your 8x10 photo there. First question. Something that's been sitting uh, for a while, actually, a question that got bumped from one of the earlier podcasts, but I wanted to to get into this. Uh, it's from Andy Stevenson, who has two questions, actually, that he wants us to get to. Uh, my first ever autograph was from Dave Keon. It was a collegiate sports store in North York, I think. He signed the side near the heel of my new white North Star running shoes. I was about 10 years old. I remember the way he signed his name with a styled K. I still prefer the older players' autographs. You can read them. A lot of the younger players are difficult to determine who signed the name. I know counterfeits would be too easy today. The players could be doctors the way it's written, just my opinion. And while it's not specifically a question from Andy, I wanted to address that on the podcast because of the way in which players have changed their signatures over the years. You can you can ask anybody uh, who has who has the best signature in in hockey, and it's always going to be someone from like maybe Gordy Howe, maybe a Johnny Bauer. Wayne Gretzky has a great one as well. What are some of the best signatures you've seen, and and why do you think it's changed now so that the younger generation doesn't quite sign their name as legibly? Well, a couple of things. One, 
downstairs cleaning out the basement, found one of your sticks that I got you. It was a white maple leaf stick mm-hmm. with the team autograph. Right. I, being a hockey fan, and from that era, which would have been at least 20 years ago sure. that I got you that stick, I didn't recognize and couldn't place. And, and normally I'm pretty good with the older numbers. So this was an interim era from when I was a kid and when I'm an adult. This, this I think, was early 90s. Okay. Yeah. So I know... I didn't recognize, I would recognize Doug Gilmore's signature or right. Wendell Clark's because right. we still do a lot with them. I didn't recognize one and their numbers were there. And I'm trying to figure out who was 17 right. at that time. And I, but it would Wendell, but it wasn't Wendell's signature. So even from that time on, uh, they were starting to get pretty sloppy, which was something that uh, I don't even think that Bobby Hall in the day put his number there. I think they just signed there. I can't remember. Yeah, a lot of players didn't put their number. Well, back then, because you could read the name. Right, right. right? So, But now the reason for the number is primarily because you don't know who it is unless you see the number there. Now, what, like, why is that? Because, you know, it's funny. I remember growing up as a kid, whenever someone would ask for my signature, you know, before I knew what signing a check even meant, people would be like, oh, sign, like, it's a signature. I thought you had to develop like a scribbly representation of your name. I <laughs> well, didn't you grew know, up in that era. I, yeah, I didn't know that you had to. But to be fair, even you, the way you sign your name, doesn't look anything like Brian Aaronworth. It's I a bunch do of sign my name with a nice script if it's on, uh, like for, for our COAs, yes. I made sure I spelled right. it out with every letter. Right. But for paychecks, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I just scribble it. Um, and so I, and I had always bad handwriting unless yeah. I really took my time. And so when I'm rushed, it just, becomes a blur the best signatures always almost to a person are the older players bobby hall had a beautiful signature. oh yeah yeah great yeah. story about bobby hall he's in here one time doing an autograph signing in in frameworth yeah um bobby is known to be a bit of a drinker mm-hmm. uh and so halfway through the autograph signing session which took place at 11 so about 11 30 is it a.m a.m yeah he says to me um you have any red wine around here? I said, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I got a bottle in my office. Somebody gave me, says, well, let's open that bed, red wine. So uh, within a half an hour, that was gone. And so was the uh, signing was over. Never affected his signature. Sure. He was, took his time. He signed beautifully. And he says, let's go for lunch. So we go for lunch over at Shoeless Joe's around the corner. It used to be a restaurant there. It was a sports bar. Well, they were thrilled that I walked in with Bobby, Bobby Hall. Of course. Right? And of course, as time went on, I knew the owner. So as time went on, he started signing his name a little bit and uh, for, for waitresses and that, or, or for the owners. And they had him sign on a plate that mm-hmm. they were going to hang on the wall. And then we were there till four in the afternoon. Okay. The story goes on and on about how he was going to drive to Kingston, but I wouldn't let him. So he stayed, he stayed at house at home, and you remember yeah. that. I was, I was up in my bedroom playing the legend of Zelda wind waker <laughs> and I come downstairs and there's a legend of hockey, hockey. in my kitchen. Yeah, like, so, yeah. But that's a longer story. But the funny part was, is that Bobby's signature never changed no matter how much he had to drink. Right. It was always a beautiful signature. And then the waitresses would come over and can you sign my top? And they would tighten it they would pull the top down tight so that it could do it and i've never seen a guy sign so nice but so slow <laughs> in my life <laughs> he was he had he was that that b went over and, and it was maybe for boobs i don't know um but bobby hall one of the great signatures of all time and i asked him about that and he was disgusted with some of the new oh, really? players that he said when we were growing up 
I was told you sign your name so people can read it. For so sure. the old school guys, John Belleville, beautiful handwriting. Right. Eddie Shack had a yeah, yeah. couldn't read or write right. for the most part. But he had a beautiful signature. They taught him how to sign his name, and he signed it beautifully. So all those old school guys, you could read every letter. You knew who they were for the most part. And um, and now today, I would say that um, Sidney Crosby has a pretty nice signature. Well, that's that's a that's kind of like a uh, somewhere they meet in the middle. I mean, you would never look at Sidney's autograph and think that's rushed. Or in fact, it's almost the opposite. It was purposely designed for his identity and his number and his name. It's it's a, it's his name made up of the number eighty seven in a, in a bunch of different right. variations, which is very very cool. similar to Wayne Gretzky's in, sure. in a sense that they they had the the Y and the number goes in there. Both Wayne and Sidney take their time. Um, and you should see the scrutiny of, of those guys' signatures. Oh, yeah. I mean, they they will make sure that the, the fans make sure that this is a good. And I watch on the Wayne Gretzky, some of the Facebook page, Sean Chalks and, and some of the others, how somebody will say, do you think this is a real autograph? Right. And they these guys know better than I do with the, well, it, it was his early signature. It was a, a an in-person sure, signature. Sure. Uh and some of them look good to me, and they'll say, no, it's wrong because of this, this, and this. Interesting. So um, I don't know how people analyze the scribbles of some of the guys, but that's the that's the nature of the beast these days. Absolutely, it is. As uh, as we're recording, the uh, the door just burst open in the recording studio, and my dog walked in. So if you, uh, if you heard that, I apologize for that. You may have seen some of that on the, uh, on the Looking video. Looking for a treat. Looking for a treat. Actually, if you haven't watched us over on YouTube yet, the full episode does go up on YouTube. And if you're paying attention, I've noticed this while editing, in the background of the video, sometimes we're recording in our boardroom and there's windows facing out into the hallway. You'll see my dog running right there. <laughs> I it's saw little, that in the last little one. little Easter egg there. Yeah, it's kind of nice. Um, yeah, so I, I think one one important thing, Andy, to, to, to mention about that is, Yes, some of the players nowadays have an autograph that you wouldn't necessarily on the outset be able to differentiate uh, or, or, or assign to a player based on on what it looks like. Like Sidney Crosby's signature doesn't necessarily look like Sidney Crosby written out. However, there is kind of a cool element of like design and personality put in some of them. Right. Some of them. Not always the case because we've also dealt with some people that it, it, it essentially just looks like a scribble regardless of where you're looking. Um, and great way to get into that story about Bobby Hall as well. Uh, if you don't follow us on Instagram at Frameworth Sports, uh, we we put out the call to action for any questions for the podcast as well. Uh, we got a few of those just this morning prior to recording. I'm going to get one out of the way right off the bat, okay? Because I filmed the video asking for the questions, wearing the same clothes that I'm wearing as we're recording. Again, check us out on YouTube if you need to. I don't need to describe my outfit to you. It'll paint a pretty good picture based on this question, which we're just going to skip right past. Are you a lumberjack from... <laughs> from ryan the boy on instagram um by the way if you're looking for legal advice maybe avoid ryan the boy on instagram (laughs) that's my nephew what are you doing (laughs) (laughs) i figured i'd uh i'd I'd just move right past that one um a question that we get all the time and we've answered it in in kind of in circular ways a lot of people talk about you know some of the nicest athletes we've met and and how hockey players seem to consistently bring that to the table for whatever reason but uh gino m79 asks, have you ever dealt with a rude athlete while in the shop? And I don't know that we need to get into names specifically, but not every situation dealing with an athlete has proven to be a positive experience. Does anything come yeah. to the top of head, uh, top of your head, some some experiences that maybe rubbed you the wrong way? Um, one really always sticks in my mind. It was a basketball player. Okay. 
for the Raptors, big star. So I don't really want to besmirch him, but we signed him. That's because he beat you up, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, no. I mean, it's, you know, there'll be people that love him as a as an individual and as a as a fan of sure. of the player. So I don't want to tarnish them because there are some some things that I've seen by players that really, um, you know, change my image yeah, of them. But yeah. anyways, this this guy comes in to do the signing, uh, walks in, virtually says nothing to us. We paid some big bucks to have him. Um, he sat down, put his phone on the desk, hardly said a word the whole time, and just signed his name, stopped, read his text, stopped, did some signings, da-da-da. I don't even think he shook hands on the way out. This was years ago and walked out the door. And I thought, what a rude, ignorant person. Yeah, yeah. Great basketball player. Great basketball player. But just really bothered me. The other thing that, um, not to do with necessarily an autograph signing, but I was just telling this story last week to somebody. When I was... 18, my dad took us, uh, your grandfather, my dad mm-hmm. took me to Las Vegas to play uh, in a one of the first pro-am golf tournaments. Cool. My dad was a big gambler, or not big gambler, but he, <laughs> he was looked after. And back then, uh, the mob ran Vegas. Sure. So he would go to the the, the uh, pit boss and at the blackjack tables and say, uh, um, you know, my son Brian here, he he's uh, 21 years old, right? Yes, Mr. Aaronworth, he's 21. Oh, wow. And what is I the would, statute of limitations on this? We're going to get someone in trouble. It was 21 years old was the, you need to be to play yeah. cards. No, I was 18. I'm playing and I'm sitting next to this lady and uh, she seemed like an older lady to me at the time, but she's probably 40 years old, sure, 35, sure. whatever it was. But anyway, so we're playing for about an hour, hour and a half, and it's about 3.30. Um, and then all of a sudden, she gets a tap on the shoulder. And I said, uh, and, and the guy says, hi, honey. He gives her a kiss. He says, mind if I play cards with you? There's only the two of us at the table. So she says, oh, sure. Meet my friend Brian. Brian, this is my husband, um, Ray Nitschke. Big um, linebacker for oh, the okay, Green Bay okay, Packers. Okay. I'm not as much a football guy. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, oh, my God, it's Ray Nitschke. So, um we play for a little while longer, and then Bill Russell walks into the oh, room. Oh, no way. There's a name on it. And yeah. taps her on the shoulder and says, hey, how you doing? How was your game? Blah, blah, blah. Meet my friend Brian. So Bill Russell comes in. This was a trail of one after another. And then finally, uh, she gets a tap. he gets a tap on the shoulder. Hey, how you doing, Mick? Mickey Mantle. No way. Mickey Mantle is there, my all-time hero at the time, this years ago. The Mick, and he says, do you mind if I join you? And he sits right next to me. Wow. And we start playing cards. And he's nice as hell. He's obviously had a few drinks on the golf course. Um, He drank quite a bit in those Uh days. He was known for that. And then as time went on, he started a little bit of a losing streak. And he got a little belligerent with the dealer. And then he got more belligerent. And to the point where at one point, he was disgusted with the cards and threw the cards at the dealer. No way. And they're not, the mob's running Vegas. Oh, yeah. And Mickey Mantle could pretty much commit murder in there, and they're not kicking him out, Yeah, right? But 
I did, it just changed my whole image. It's like a hero That's of so mine. And then I'm saying, and then she looked over at me and she said, uh, you know, he's got a drinking problem. Mm. Now, she had a drinking problem too. <laughs> Probably I did at the same sure. time. You're 18. So, yeah, yeah. But, but I wasn't throwing my cards at anybody. Right. I would have got kicked out. But but that's another I had story never, about rudeness. I, you've, you've never, never told heard that, that story? story? No. You, I, and I can't even remember all the big name guys that I saw from the time. There was there was hockey players. They had they brought in every, and boxers. I think there was a big name boxer. Oh, might have been uh, maybe Jim Brown. I forget. Sure. I forget the guys that I met, but it was incredible. If I had a pen and paper there, I could have made a fortune. That's just, honestly, yeah, just just on the signatures alone. Just on signatures. Well, you could have picked up those cards that Mickey threw. <laughs> Get him to sign <laughs> the Get back of the autograph. Yeah, exactly. Uh, wow, that's no, that's a really cool story. I, and obviously, before you got into to this realm, because at the time, uh, I'm assuming Frameworth would have been around or Frame Guild at the time. Oh, oh, my dad's company. Yeah, was, yeah. But he was there was nothing to do with sports. Right, back then. exactly. It was a picture frame company. Which I mean, go way back into the history of this podcast to learn the history of how Frameworth got going. Right. Uh, but it started off as just a picture framing right. company, and. and and yep. changed quite a bit from then. I've got a story that I can't remember if I've told it on this podcast before, but it does have to do with the signing. And I will name the athlete because we say so many great things about this athlete and it is not a, it's not this athlete <laughs> acting up or anything like that. Uh, but it was a moment that I nearly shit my pants uh, because I was dealing with the great one, Wayne Gretzky. Do you, oh, do you, do you know the story? I, I, I think I know the one you're talking about. So we had a uh, an event at Frameworth and we had to provide signed jerseys to each of the people who came. It was like a big, it was a big event. You, you, uh, you pay for your ticket, you get dinner, you get a gift package, you get a photo with Wayne, great night, super big success. Uh, but yeah, we needed to make sure we had enough signed Edmonton Oilers jerseys for him to come. So we lined them all up on the table. He signed what he could and then he had to leave and come back before the signing went. So we counted them all. We said, okay, we have 63 jerseys that we need to get signed before this starts. So Wayne, when you come in, before you go take the photos, we're going to have them all, all laid out for you. It's going to be super quick, this and that. So Wayne comes in, he's got the marker in his hand. He's talking to some people and, uh, and he starts signing and I'm there moving them all aside, aside. And keep in mind, like I, I've been in a situation where we're doing signings with other companies and they try to sneak in the odd random thing here and there. And not necessarily the odd, a lot, a lot, a lot. And it never goes over well. And all I'm thinking is I don't want to be that guy, uh, that guy. Exactly. So I counted this pile like five or six times. I'm not going to get this wrong. 63 jerseys to the point where this is years ago. And I remember the number and Wayne's making his way through and he's talking to people in the room. I think his agent is here at the time as manager and, and, and we're all talking, we're laughing and everything. And at a certain point he's rounding the table with, with like the last two stacks of jerseys or something. And he looks at me and he just says, that's 63. And then keeps on signing. And I was like, oh shit. Like, did I miscount? Did someone add more jerseys? I was pissing myself because all I could think of was the story of Wayne Gretzky where he he goes all the way down the ice, dekes out the entire team, scores, and then tells the referee that he miscounted and there were six players on the ice. Right. How, how did you know? It's because I counted them as I passed by them. And I'm like, clearly I can't be uh, right about this. It's Wayne. Like he's, he doesn't make mistakes. Turns out he did miscount, but the damage was done, I think. I don't know if he thought I was trying to pull one over on him, but I recounted afterwards another two times to make yeah. sure yeah um, and it was just one of those circumstances so Wayne would never question our honesty we've had to 
we're still very good friends. Matter of fact, Pauline's getting married this week. Oh, there you go. There yeah, you go. The you were trying to dig the dirt out of uh, Eddie Mio on our podcast yeah, playing, yeah. playing TMZ. Uh, that, was a, that was a few well, weeks back. I saw back. Wayne a few weeks back and he told me. Uh, now, kind of uh, uh, to, to add on to that, you know, not not any negative situations with the players, but uh, Mark Paradis Jr. on uh, Instagram, who's been a huge supporter of the podcast, as has Andy Stevenson, Thanks, uh, as I mentioned, uh, uh, submit, submitted this question. What goes into preparing a signing? Do signees have riders? And what is the oddest request? When he, when you say riders, riders, like I, I think, I think what Mark is, is, is kind of uh, inferring is that prior to a signing, we'll have a contract written up and it's like at every signing we need X, Y, and Z. I think Mark might be surprised to learn that the athletes typically are not nearly that needy. You know, no. we have the contracts and we know what, what it's going to cost per signature and this and that, but it's very, very rare that they would say we need X, Y, or Z in the room prior to us getting started. We're a fairly unique company in the sense that I don't even push contracts and things if a player we usually originally start with a contract and then when it comes to an end um, I don't find it necessary because most players want to stay with us we treat them so well Uh, they're always skeptical until they see how you run your company whether you're telling them there's 100 numbers in front and put 110 there which is a typical uh, kind of move in the industry that, you know, people try and sneak in some extras to lower the cost. If you try and do that and get caught, you'll never deal with the guy again. So that said, Sidney Crosby's been with us for 15 years or whatever. Yep. So more anyways, 18. Um, And he's still with us Mm -hmm. and they trust us. And so all of that said, um, can we, can I interrupt you for one second there? Yeah. Cause your phone just r- rung a little bit and, uh, it's and this a is not, it's a bell. It's, it's a bell. And this is not to call you out on having your, uh, your audio on, which uh, you shouldn't, but you do. And for a good reason, can you tell us what that sound <laughs> just meant? This may baffle some people who are listening to this. Well, since we got this new platform, Shopify, uh-huh. you may have heard of it. Um, there's, I've, I've logged in cause I'm an old school guy. So they set up this thing on my phone where when we have a sale come through on our deal of the day or whatever. Just our website, anywhere on our website. I get this bell that goes off. It's kind of like it's a wonderful world when 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 <laughs> when, when It's you a hear, wonderful life. It's a wonderful life. When you hear a bell ring, an angel gets his wings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, when I hear a bell ring, we've just made a sale. I was going to say, when you hear the bell ring, a collector bought a stick blade. I think that's, <laughs> that's what that is. And the funny thing was, I, I'm on this cruise ship last week, uh-huh. and we ran a mystery box thing with um, with Sidney Crosby boxes, which are always popular and always sell out. A shout out to the uh, Sidney Crosby collectors page on YouTube for always showing some support with that as well. Yeah, it's huge. So I'm on the cruise ship. It's now, I think the thing launches at 10 in the morning and it's now we're in cocktail hour on the ship. Right. So we're sitting there and I got my phone on and I didn't turn turn the sound off. And all of a sudden it's ding, 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 ding. And, and Lori, my wife, is going, what the hell is that? And could you turn your phone off? I said, no, I'm really enjoying that sound. <laughs> it was like one ding after another straight for an, well, it would have gone straight for an hour. She finally made me after about five minutes turn it off because it was interrupting all our conversations in, with other people. In a world where everyone is advising people to turn off notifications on your phone, uh, you are deciding to go the opposite route. I love exactly. it. Sorry, but you were telling the story about Sidney Crosby and the contract. And, and yeah, uh, so so when we go to a signing, um, there is a lot of prep. So 
over the years, we've learned how to do it right. We have, um, I actually came up with the idea because we're always trying to, how many pens do we need? What kind of pens do we need, et cetera? And I said, why do we do that? Why don't we just put them all in? It just comes from my fishing experience. Sure. Like a tackle box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I took an actual literally a tackle, tackle box. box with all the little plastic trays and we put all the pins in there or uh, pens in there. So when we go to a signing, we know we, we're not going to run out. We always have a full selection, way more than we need, and we just take the ones out. But even then, every piece that we do, we still take a photocopy of an image of it and then handwrite on the photocopy where the signature should Literally be. Literally say sign here in the pen, put it in the same bag as everything. Right. Yeah. And then that way there's no mistakes when the player looks at it. They'll say a lot of the times they'll know automatically where to sign. Sometimes it'll be something a little different. Where do you want me to sign here? And so we just show them the picture. This is the way it should look and whatever. And they and they go ahead and do that. Yeah. I And, and it's, it's funny because, you know, we've been doing signings for a long time and you talk about that that very almost primitive solution of having a a tackle box with all the pens in it but the number of of changes and decisions we had to make to streamline the process of of athlete signings mark you know one one thing that i would say to address your question is most of the signings that we do don't take place at Frameworth. We usually have to travel to go to the athlete, whether it's in a hotel room or here or there. So what is the rider? They don't really have a rider because sometimes it's in their house. You know, right. well, No, and many times it's been in their house. Yeah. I, and I've seen a lot of nice houses. We've been to uh, Pat Kane's house. Sydney will do it. Only the guys that really, you know, that you know and you have good relationships. But we were at Alec Manoa's place in Florida, which was a nice signing to do a few weeks yeah, back yeah. We, before the season started. We flew down there with my crew and um, did a signing way up in his condo. And um, he was such a gentleman. What a nice guy yeah. he is. And now he's lighting it up. But um, doing going to the place, setting up in advance, making sure that they're, if we were at their home or wherever you are in a boardroom at a hotel, that the, the furniture is protected from ink spillage and stuff like that. Um, making sure that the stuff is like, we're known for being so efficient. My team here is amazing. They have everything laid out. They mix the pucks with the photos, with they, the canvases. They stagger, stagger, stagger it so that the movement of the product goes as quickly and efficiently as possible. Well, because if you, it's a lot easier to, to put a box of pucks in front of a player to they'll sign that without the the person who's arranging the signing right. needing to move anything around and that gives them time to say collect up some of the photos which have been drawing or lay out another batch of 16 by 20s because some things are easier to get signed than other things all right? the things have to be layered if it's going to smudge um and so that's really important to the players and they love the like we've had players come from our place to do it that are non-exclusive to do another place and they just go this is amazing compared yeah. to what I just went through. So it's really important to have that professional attitude. And and when you do it that well, you're going to get a better signature because they have more time to do it and they get through it quicker and they know it's not, you know, they're not bored. And, you know, my job is to go there and kind of keep them busy yes. in conversation yeah. while the other guys move all the stuff around so that time passes a little quicker. It's also it's also worth noting that one of the reasons why we can get a better signature is because people also, Mark, you may not realize this or anyone else who's asked a question about the signings may not realize this, but when we're doing the signings, the athlete typically does not touch the products that they're signing. 
that's not to say that they obviously sign it or they'll, they'll put their hand against it while, while they're signing something, but they don't move the photo away or the no. puck away or the jersey number away. We have someone there doing it for them so that all they're doing is is the signature. This helps two things. One, maintain the uh, uh, the the uh, uh, consistency of the signature and the way that it looks and also to facilitate the ease of the signing and make sure it goes as efficiently as possible. So there's way more that goes into these things than people may realize. Well, it's just not a rider. Here's a good example. We go with some, we've been doing a lot of helmets lately. Right now. Now, you go to the, and they're, they come in boxes. Right. So we try and get there ahead of time and open all the boxes, get the, the things ready, lined up. But if if the player is sitting there waiting for you to take them out of the box, mm-hmm. that's a, a pain. The other tricky part about autograph signings is no matter what you do, it's the wrong way. Sure, right? sure. So over the years, Sydney would say, okay, let's do a signing at uh, after practice, at, uh, you know, he's on the ice at eight o'clock in the morning. Let's do it at, you know, 10 o'clock. Oh, you set up, you get there at eight and you start setting up. And then all of a sudden, as you get to the rink at like 10 to eight or whatever it is, when the practice starts, you'll get a message. Sydney wants to sign before the practice. Yes. And then you're waiting. Everybody's running around like yeah. crazy. Yeah. So sometimes they change what they want to do. They can, you can get there two hours early and then they're two hours late. Yes. Or you can get there, you know, right on time, right on time, and they want to go early. So that's it's usually hurry up and wait. But there's there's definitely a lot of that. It's it's funny, you know, it, it just becomes second nature to the way that we do signings, right? It's you know you're expecting these sorts of things and these hiccups and and that, but that comes with with almost decades plural of experience of doing these things. You know, it, something always goes wrong the first time, you know, signing a canvas with this brand new paint pen and realizing that it's not going to dry for a minute. Right. And you're like, where do I lay? Like we have giant 20 by 30 canvases. The rooms are never big enough. Like yeah. I did one signing. I think it was with two Pittsburgh Penguins. It wasn't, it wasn't Sydney. I think it was Chris Letang and one other uh, athlete. I can't remember who it was, but it was, we, we spoke to the hotel. We arranged to get a room for the signing and they said, yep, it was a conference room. We get there. It was not a conference room. It was basically a janitor's closet. And now we've got canvases and like hundreds of <laughs> items for each players with one tiny little desk. And we don't want to look bad. So we were literally getting things signed and running them outside into the hallway. We had one person positioned in the hallway to make sure no one came around and stole anything. It was those those sorts of things. They give you some funny stories, but they also... I, I think I sweat more during those signings than when I'm actually playing the sports. <laughs> well, Nick, our previous uh, guy that ran most of them, and now Abby's doing them, and mm-hmm. um, I I tend to try and get to as many as I can. Sometimes I can't, depending on my schedule. But um, we've done them in good places, like uh, in Montreal, in the practice facility. We'll set up in in another dressing room where right. there's nobody using it, and then Kerry Price can come from you know, get dressed, shower up, and then come in and do it. So it's very convenient for them. We try and make it as convenient as possible. Sometimes the guys, generally, um, we try and find a place that uh, it's all timing when the players, so we get to know, like, I know where Sydney, when and how to ask him because we could always use more product. Sure. In fact, I'm, he just signed some stuff today for us in a little, we call a care package, but we need a big signing for him because we're almost out of everything. And, um, and, I look at the schedule and I know he's not going to want to do it this day because it's his first day off and then little gaps in the schedule. He also likes to, doesn't like to do it as much in Pittsburgh because there's a lot for him to do in Pittsburgh. But if he comes to Buffalo, for instance, yeah. that's he likes to do it in Buffalo because there's all our friends in Buffalo. There's not much to do in Buffalo. So it comes in. they come in on the bus. 
They put their stuff in their room. They come straight to the signing yeah. and then they go to dinner. Yeah. And that happens in many out of town, which is great. They spend an hour signing and then off they go and they haven't missed anything. I've said it before about Buffalo. It is the greatest city. Sorry, the grayest city in the world. Sorry, I, mis- <laughs> I misspoke that. <laughs> sorry. No, no. Listen, we're, we're from Canada. We, we take a lot of guff from the United States. So yep. we get to throw some back every so often. Uh, but you got some great sports teams. We'll say that. Uh, here's, here's one. Uh, and thanks again, Mark, for that question. We got on a couple tangents, but all, all, all some good stuff. Uh, this is one that I wanted to get into and kind of touches on uh, a question that a few people asked. Uh, Zachary Bellison asked via email, which by the way, if you do have any questions that you want us to answer in a future episode, you can email us signoffpod at framework.com and we'll set them aside until the next Q&A uh, uh, episode that we do. He says, hey guys, love the podcast. Thank you very much. Been listening since day one, introducing a few coworkers, friends, and even my girlfriend to the pod along the way. Uh, wow. Weird flex. You got a girlfriend. Cool. Not all of us. Not <laughs> actually I do. I, I can't, I have to stop making those yeah, jokes now. Do, she's she's going to, she's going to one day me. I'll meet her, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're still not convinced she's real. Uh, anyways, I have a couple questions. He says, as Mikey changes the subject, how do you choose what players to target to get an exclusive deal with? That's one of the questions that he has. Uh, and then he's got a few more, but let's start with that. Cause that's a great question. You know, we, we've told the story countless times on this about our initial, uh, introduction to Sidney Crosby on the podcast. Uh, uh, how we signed him at, I think, 14 years old and, and went on from there. But, you know, the landscape doesn't change. There's always new players coming in always people in our ear telling us this is the next big thing. It used to be this is the next Wayne Gretzky. Now it's this is the next Sidney Crosby is, right, is what we right. always hear. Uh, what is your some is some of your insight, Dad? And, and so you've been doing here's this for a while. how it evolved in the beginning. With the signing of Sidney Crosby, we were ahead of the curve. So it's, I would say in particular hockey. So we get Sidney Crosby on board. We did a really good job with him. CAA um, didn't do much in autographs, but they see an opportunity to make some extra marketing dollars for mm-hmm. CAA. So they start, and they liked what we did with the players. They trusted us. So basically everybody that was one of their clients, and they had a lot of big clients coming in, they recommended that they would come to us. Sure. So that was easy. Um, Sidney Crosby comes on board, and Jonathan Taves, and Pat Kane, and and anybody that that – CAA had the the downside to that was sometimes CAA wanted us to do deals with guys that they thought were going to be great players, but, or maybe they tried to convince us they're going to be great players so that they can show some love to the players at our expense. Right. So, right, right. but that was part of the deal because they'd give us everything. So we took some of the loss leaders leaders and the other guys, et cetera. And so that said, we got a little bit lazy because we were automatically getting the CAA players. Sure. And then we, you know, so we started thinking we were bigger than we were and we got wanted to own the whole market. We went after everybody else, et cetera. So it, it was randomly, we're just going to I, go I remember everybody. at one point having a stack of contracts on my desk that was, it was all kind of boilerplate contracts, but it was $20,000 guarantee here, $50,000 guarantee here. And there were like 10, 15 contracts for multiple players across the league. And we just assumed it was all going to work out like it worked out with Sydney because it, that's right. just well, what Sydney happens. was a was a a huge success right Right. off the bat, obviously. But then there were other players that got traded. So we, we started getting some losses and some, you know, we, we had a lot of financial commitments, which, which caused us a lot of financial stress in those days. So we learned a little bit more. We kind of backed away and we, we didn't want to be all things to all people. So we specialized in what we felt were our A athletes. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and we go after those. Now, Sometimes you miss the boat, and sometimes you you think something's better than it is. We we went with um, 
not not a slight, but Gilbert Brule, which is supposed to be one of the big names coming up. Who actually, uh, a player who played with Ethan Warrick in Russia. Oh, he did? He did, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. So he didn't end his career. He just didn't. No, he's still playing yeah. professionally. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So we did some signings before he even came into the league. Then, you know, there's guys like Connor McDavid that come up. Well, I was asleep at the switch for that, so I didn't really get in on the on the thing uh, on the on the deal at the beginning, sure. which we missed out. Um, there are other players that come in, like Mitch Marner. Um, his agent came to us when he was playing in London, said, "You know, are you interested?" And I, she's, you know, London, and we got a commitment, and we've had so many experiences where we sign a guy in the juniors and never really makes it. So Mitch was pretty good prospect. So. Sure. But we we kind of took a pass because of the guarantee. We ended up building a relationship after the fact. So now we we work with uh, Paul and Mitch yep. Marner um, on a regular that, basis. That's worth that's worth pulling on just a little bit because you mentioned you know he was in juniors and and when you know Zach it, it's a good question because obviously we'd like to take a chance on every player that that comes across, but it typically ends up getting to a point where kids are getting discovered earlier and earlier. Yes. And they're now going to be the next big thing earlier and earlier. If you want to make a commitment to someone, you basically have to do it four years prior to them making the NHL. Well, we set set that mark. Precedent. We We, set the precedent. Right. I mean, I think it probably would have happened eventually. However, we've had a lot of situations where we've bid on a player and we said, we want this person to be with us from juniors onwards, you know, you you factor in one league at least in the NHL. We just had a meeting on that today, actually. Uh, and and we look back on some of those pitches, which we lost out on, which means another company paid more than what we had pitched. And that player isn't even in the NHL. Right. Or or is is still kind of... Well, I'll you give know, you a couple of examples. I'm not afraid to say okay. it. Uh, Lafreniere. Oh, sure. Uh, Who is in the NHL, obviously, right. but not yet. So... I'm not sure whether he even put a bid on it, but we were very interested. And by the time I checked in on it, Upper Deck had him. Right. Now, he's a good player mm-hmm. and maybe going to be a great player. Right. But if I had to pay the guarantee that I did back then, hoping that he'd be what he is, I would have been way overpaid. Right. As of right now. Sure. Whether that'll be the case moving forward, I don't know. But I would have lost a lot of money to this point. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what Upper Deck's position was, but I assume they outbid us. Or, or gave him a bigger number than we were. Um, there's other players like that. We bid on Shane Wright. Okay, I wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, we were in the offering. We yep. put a really substantial offer down there. We were very close to getting him, and then we lost him. Um, but to this point in time, and he's going to be a good one, no of course, question. Of course, But I don't think this was so far so long ago that, you know, you're paying through Junior. Yes. And I haven't seen a lot of his product out there. Right. So... I don't know how they're making their money. I don't know who it is that has them, Upper Deck or... Not sure, Maddox, actually, who ended up winning. One of the yeah. two, I think. But I don't know how they're making their money on this guy for now. So either they're taking it as a loss leader till he hits the NHL. Sydney was was a winner from Ramuski on, right? Um, Shane Wright appears to be Upper Deck at the okay. moment. Yeah. So Sydney was a winner from day one. McDavid was a winner from... from you know, oh, yeah, down yeah. in eerie days. Um, and a lot of guys are, but it's a big gamble picking off. There's a couple of players right now that are, that are out there that we'd have to really think twice because it's not like you give them $5,000 against sales. Right. I mean, we're talking some big numbers to guarantee them, lock them in. And that's why not everybody's getting them. 
it's just the bigger companies uh, such as ourselves, Upper Deck Fanatics, uh, that that have really a shot at getting these guys. Well, I mean, there are some some I don't want to say smaller, but some more niche companies that are focused more on like one specific uh, uh, city or one, and and, and they'll yes. have some exclusive deals as well. And maybe that's the future of it. I'm not sure how that's going to work. Will companies always be willing to foot out a fairly large amount of money several years prior to them making the NHL. I'm not sure. It's it is at that point gambling. That's literally what you're doing. Well, you're, if you're, you're a small company right now, yeah, and trying to make get a foot in the door, you uh, you can virtually bankrupt yourself by going after a guy that you feel is going to be the next yeah. Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid because you're going to have to come up with so much money up front mm-hmm. and pay that even if they don't pan out and some people may may wonder it's like well then how do agents get their due and that's a very different thing because agents will only have to you know quote unquote pay their their clients if their clients get paid it's not like they're imagine if in order for an agent to represent a player they had to pay pay that player a couple hundred thousand dollars at the age of 14 just to make sure that they had the right to represent them moving forward no they're they're Trials and tribulations are a little bit different yes. than ours. I mean, they got to fight the other agents to convince right. them to go with them. That's their stick. Yes. But once they get them, there's no downside other right. than travel expense and a little thing. But they they grab a player, and that player is worth four percent of a contract. Yeah, plus which, any any so additional. Now you come into a, a what is it eight hundred thousand for an opening con. But once they sign the the long term deal, twelve million a year for for ten years. Yeah. That's pretty significant money. And it's I think I believe it's twenty points on any marketing. Right. 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 Which we've we've talked about this before, but if if people don't realize there are different percentages an agent will make based on the contract. There are the the salary contracts that they make, which is fairly I've used this word before, but boilerplate boilerplate. More more specific, especially if they're not like super superstar and they're and they're taking care of every bit of information in there. But yeah, 20% on any additional marketing over and above that. So right. so different uh, gradations of, of compensation. There's another follow-up question, uh, Zach. He had a three-part question. The third we'll share with another person who had submitted one. Uh, he said as a second question, do exclusive deals expire or run out? Because I've seen a couple that have seemed to have vanished over my 15-ish years of collecting. Um, absolutely. I mean, it's yeah. a, a deal is a deal. Players may switch agencies. Players may get traded from teams. Uh, and players may switch their memorabilia. Well, I can give you a few examples myself and other sure. people. I know um, we had an exclusive deal with Austin Matthews, mm. uh, and uh, when he, well, it wasn't. It was exclusive to us, but then we were kind of pushed to share the exclusive with Fanatics, as I mentioned. CAA is kind of pushing their players that way. Uh, there was no advantage to do right, that, right? Uh, and then another one would be John Tavares when he came. We had him for years when he was in uh, New York, which was in the island. It wasn't the greatest market. Yep. Then he moves to Toronto, all the big hype about it. And then CA is, well, we got to share him too. And our contract was coming to an end, but we had another half a year on it. And so, you know, there was some arguing back and forth, but we convinced them to share it. John didn't want to move. I mean, right, he right. liked our company and et cetera. Um, I believe AJ's had McDavid. AJ's AJ's with McDavid is a pretty big story. If if people don't don't know what happened there, we just talked about paying a player through juniors and right. then getting getting at least a year or so in the NHL. And I think he had a year in the NHL. I with, think with McDavid. they might have had a year, but they slow played. I think the agents slow played AJ, so they couldn't get 
all the product that they want. Otherwise, they would have loaded up for oh, about really? five years, I think. Yeah. So basically, I mean, that's that's tough to hear. And it's it's not a slight to anybody, but, you know, the contract expired and, and McDavid that's, ended up signing with Upper Deck. To our knowledge, and I'm pretty, you know, like, I was up 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 on it for a while. So I think that's pretty accurate. I'm not sure it's yeah, we 100% could be wrong. accurate. It's, it's speculation for sure. But I mean, those types of things happen, Zach. You know, it, just in general, yes, exclusives. So will, we've will lost end. guys. We've got guys because the contract came. I mean, sure. we took Taylor we Hall from somebody. From it, yeah. uh, from, I think we took him from AJ's. And it happens back and forth. Um, we just got Chris Letang, who was with Your Sports Memorabilia. Mm-hmm. We share now. Uh, so it works in your favor, works against you. Our whole thing is treat the players really well and hopefully uh, they don't want to move. And that's the case with most of our premium guys. Yeah, yeah, that definitely feels the case. The third question, which is kind of shared between Zach and another person who reached out to us via Instagram, uh, 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 Joshua Close. Uh, Close, I think that's how you'd pronounce it. Uh, from Zach, he said, I'm a quote unquote beginner Sidney Crosby collector, uh, but I've heard you say you won't sell an imperfect Sidney Crosby signature. What do you do with the bad ones? Do you destroy the picture pucker number? Um, and, and then another, uh, the, the question from Joshua, if an athlete scuffs a signature, what do you do with those products? So, so fairly, fairly similar. Uh, um, okay. So what happens when we get the, we log in everything that goes down to a signing, we give the player the sheet, this is what you're going to be signing. Um, and then at the end, when we get it back, that's when we hologram them. So it adds another layer of, of counts and accuracy. So we put the hologram on after the fact, count it again, inspect the signature for as perfect as we can get. I keep in mind, it, it, it isn't a science. So right. you're going to get some things like we'll still get a few complaints that this isn't the per- but. Sydney Crosby collectors are looking for a perfect autograph all the time. Yeah. And thank God Sydney's pretty good at that. Yeah. Um, if it, we feel that they're not going to accept it, then at that point we may uh, take it out of the mix and, and our report to the player uh, or the agent would be, you know, we got 200 items signed. Uh, there were five smudge signatures and, and they trust us and we can show them pictures of the five. Mm-hmm. Then we destroy the, the, the things. Some, some um, of the stuff that we get from less than premium players or A-list players, uh, we will market because there's a, a market for smudge signatures yeah, as yeah. long as they're authentic. And as long as you market them as right. smudge signatures. And yeah. so in a, if we do that, we will give a um, either a cert certificate of authenticity that'll say this was an imperfect signature. Certificate with your beautiful signature on it. Yeah, is, is that's yeah. only my A-list signature. Only the A-list yeah. signature, yeah. Uh, but the... So we will do that. In most cases, we don't like to do that because it just doesn't look good. But um, if there's a market for those guys that don't care that much, mm. as long as it's authentic, then we'll sell those at a big discount, move move them, get our cost of the materials out or something. Yeah, like I that. think to, to to answer both Zach and and Joshua there, uh, you know, as you mentioned, sometimes it's different for Sydney because we we want to kind of maintain the the uh, the look and feel of what his autograph is once it reaches the marketplace. Um, but the ultimate decision is that yes, we will sell some of those items, but only as those items. We right. want to make sure, as you mentioned with the certificate of authenticity, it explicitly states 
that it's a an imperfect signature. Right. Because we don't want it to make it to the secondary market with a standard COA and someone say, no, they sold it to me full price and this and that, you know, like that, the that kind of The quality of the goods um, has to reflect the price that you pay for it. So exactly. And then a uh, 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 third, actually, this is kind of a little add on to, to Zach. And yeah, you know what? I'll say this, uh, Zachary, uh, a lot of good questions that you sent through. I, I think Zach, you're uh, the person who we would like to give this signed eight by 10 for as we round out the, the last question. Well, for sure. Oh, is that the last question? Well, yeah, I, we'll, we'll sort of, there, there are, a few more questions because so, there's but, only been one two three four we've only answered five or six so we're going to give one to everybody we're going to give one to everybody we're going to give a signed item to anybody that submitted the question that we've reviewed today on sure so uh if if you've heard your question with the exception of ryan the boy calling me out on being well, a lumberjack how about <laughs> how about not giving him one <laughs> i i just found a picture in the basement of him with bobby hall at the at the golf tournament that we did and we got and I took him down to see Wayne Gretzky oh, when he was a kid. He's only like him and his brother and sister. Amazing. Down oh, yeah, at Wayne's yeah, yeah, restaurant. Yeah. They had their photo taken. So he's got enough stuff from He's me. got enough stuff. We we've we've looked after him right, and 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 he repays us by calling us lumberjacks. Um so the, <laughs> call you. The call, well, listen, it, it's apple doesn't fall far from the tree which I'm about to chop down because I'm a lumberjack. Um the last part of the question, uh, also I've heard that Sydney's signature that he does on our on your pieces is exclusive to your pieces. How did it come to be this way? And I think I think what Zach is referring to is the fact that a signature by Sydney Crosby will have that certain look and feel. We mentioned it earlier in the episode. It's consisting of eights and sevens to make it look like the name Sidney Crosby, only made up of, of 87. Um, and that is true. When he signs for us, not just us, but anything that is exclusively meant to be you know, given away to a charity or sold as as a collector's item, he will sign with that kind of perfect nature, but not always the case with, with other, other times he signs things, right, Dan? Well, I told him that we right at the beginning when he was a kid uh he he asked about well what should i do if somebody comes up to me in the street and says, sign please yeah, 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 you yeah. know like that those are the people that drive the business and they'll wait an hour for your signature and it's not going to hurt our overall sure. thing i had the same conversation with wayne gretzky his agent was giving him a hard time for signing for kids outside of the hotel that we were having uh luncheon and he said, oh, there's a bunch of kids out there waiting for your autograph. And I said, and Wayne says, well, I'm going to sign. He says, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. what I do, you know. And he, well, you're taking, I said, he said, Brian, what do you think? Thinking that I would defend the agent. Sure. I said, no. I mean, these are the guys that set the marketplace, that that um, that are the big fans. And that's why our industry exists. So, no, you don't sign a thousand things for them. Although Wayne's dad used to make him sign yes. for everybody yeah. when he went when he was alive, but Wayne will go out and sign, and um, and we told Sydney sign um, if he feels that it's just somebody really taking advantage. Like if he sees somebody push a kid out of the way to mm -hmm. get a signature, he he either won't sign we generally won't sign for that guy right or if it's just a minor thing but the guy was rude he just scribbles his name right right um and then you know but for the most part he'll sign you know sometimes he's very rushed and people get him as he's at a red light where he's trying to drive away when it turns <laughs> green and and he'll you know kind of rush the signature but for the most part he takes the time and yeah. signs for for the fans in the street and he does a good job and wayne gretzky's done and then you got a guy like michael jordan mm -hmm. who We'll walk away. I don't know if I should tell this story. Um, no, I better not. <laughs> okay. oh, it's a story Wayne told me. But anyway, so but he'll he'll come out of a restaurant and just 
turn the, I can't sign. I got to deal with upper deck or what, but people don't even ask. They don't because they know, because now they know he's not going to sign uh, for people in the street. Right. Right. So uh, it's, it's different. I mean, he's the goat, but yeah, sometimes he's not the greatest person right? <laughs> or he's, he's made some decisions that kind of preclude him from right. interacting with the fans right. on that kind of basis. And, and uh, Zach kind of uh, to, to finish that question off, why does it look different sometimes? Obviously uh, my dad mentioned sometimes if he's in a rush or, or this and that, there also is an element of like, if there's a fan off the street who wants a Sidney Crosby autograph, the assumption may be that maybe this person just wants, like in the spirit of, of collecting an autograph that way, this fan wants the autograph because the athlete is signing. It's not necessarily to resell it. It's not necessarily for the monetary right. value, which kind of splits the market into two avenues. One is the collector who's buying and may have an intention to sell. That is kind of part and parcel to what they're doing. And for that, we have the option of them buying from the website or, uh, or, or from us. And the other is the collector that just wants it for part of their collection. And signing it slightly differently, you know, whether they're in a hotel or it's for a signing for us, differentiates between the two of those things. If you ask Sydney for an autograph, the, the, the spirit of that is, hey, I would love this for my collection. Therefore, this is the signature you're going to get. It's slightly different than the other one. But that does kind of split and, and let us visually know what has been put into the marketplace for the purpose of collecting and then potentially getting returned financially versus just having it so you can hang it up and you know it was signed by the person, but you don't necessarily need everyone else to be able to look at it and say, yes, I remember that that was like back in the first year of signing with Frameworth. That's what it right, looked like. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, his signature hasn't changed a lot. And the other thing that happens too is the players aren't stupid. They see, you know, five or 10 people, they stop for a few minutes to do it. They see the first guy that signed it, run back to his car, get another yes. binder full yeah. of stuff. And so they go, okay, you know, you got to support the, them to some degree, but after a while it just gets like, okay, I know it's a business and you guys, so they're happy to sign one or two for, yeah, yeah. but um, to sit there all day and sign for for fans, they, they got other they, things. They got to places do. to be. They got hockey to play. Come right, on, what are right. we doing? Uh, so, look, great questions across the board. We obviously couldn't get to all of them. There were a ton, and we appreciate all of the support and everyone reaching out with the questions that you had. But if, hey, anything that we talked about kind of sparked up another question you might have, could be about the memorabilia industry. It could be working in the industry. It could be collectibles in themselves, the value of them inherently. How do you frame this and that? Whatever your questions are, you can reach out to us, signoffpod at frameworth.com. We're going to be holding back some of our, our answers. We'll probably do another one of these in a month or so. We, we try to get to a Q&A episode once every month or, or, or thereabouts. Uh, so we will be holding those and you may uh, open yourself up to be able to get a uh, free signed item as well. Yeah, you never know what kind of mood I'm in. I've been away I was for a say, while, yeah. so everybody gets something. We'll figure out what we're going to send yeah, everybody, reach out but it'll be an autograph something. Yes, reach out to me if we did address one of your questions. Uh, let us know what the question was, what your handle is. at signoffpod at frameworth.com and we'll get you an 8x10 photo. I'll work with you one-to-one to figure out what a, what a suitable prize might be for that. Uh, but once again, thanks everyone for listening. Thank you for your questions. Get us your questions. If you have anything else, join us on Twitter at Frameworth Sport, on Instagram at Frameworth Sports. And uh, we'll see you in another week for Brian Aaronworth, president of Frameworth Sports Marketing. Myself, Mikey Aaronworth, host of the Sign Off Podcast. This is us signing off. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we made it to the end of yet another episode. Thanks again so much for joining us. You can find videos of all of our episodes on YouTube by searching the Sign Off Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at Frameworth Sport or Instagram at Frameworth Sports. 
And hey, if you're not sick of me yet, you can find me on Twitter over at, at @retrogrademikey, or you can always find me embarrassing myself over on Instagram at @aaronworth. The sign-off is a proud product of Fadu Productions and Sad Styles Productions. Executive producers Mikey Aaronworth and Andrew Bascom. Until next week, this is Mikey Aaronworth signing off. Furnished by Sad Styles Productions. Get into it.